0: Welcome to the Leadership Podcast with Pastor Sam Carr. Here, you'll learn godly principles and real-world techniques for leading effectively.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Sam Carr, and I've got my friend Greg Fritz again with me today. We've been talking about prayer, and I'm telling you, it's amazing uh, to, to start talking about it Certainly we're stirred up to pray But I believe it's stirring up Those of you that listen to the bo- podcast regularly And uh, we've talked about some different areas of prayer But one of the things that I asked Greg To talk about today was this The fact that there are many, many revivals That have taken place And all of them have a different method of prayer but they all end up with the same results. And Greg's done a lot of research on this. And Greg, I'm I'm so glad you, you're back with me today. And I'm glad you're gonna share this with us.
0: Well, you have gotten me completely stirred up. <laughs> I, I can't wait to go to back to my room and pray yeah, today. Amen. And then come back tonight. We're gonna have another prayer service. Look,
1: you've got you've got all these revivals that you've researched and, and gotten firsthand from people newspapers all sorts of things that have happened and just just give us a, a a glimpse of how God worked in some of these and 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 I don't mean it wrong but how simple it really was
0: yeah it's um as i've studied the revivals and i've read I've read several books, many books, on the subject, and the people God used were as, you know, about as broad a spectrum as you can Isn't get. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it, I it, I don't know if God just wanted to use unusual people or if they were the ones that heard God's voice, but I'll tell you, there is no set. Standard for somebody who can or can't be used of God. We're all we're all capable of it. But one of the ones that I was going to uh, mention here um, is his name was Jeremiah Lamphere, and he was used by God in 1857. There was a massive revival in America in 1857. And this was a businessman. He, uh, he made a lot of money and uh, decided at age 48 he wanted to help people. So he retired at age 48 and became a street missionary. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and he said, "'Take your lunch hour and start praying for revival.'" So that's just an hour. And uh, there were so many different examples of this throughout history. Uh, We talked last night in church about one uh, group who decided they're going to meet the first Monday of every month. Right. Another group said, we want to just meet an hour at dusk and an hour at dawn on Saturday and Sunday every week. And, uh, you know, there's just no set way. But in this case, they decided to take the lunch hour, which is very doable, and so he passed out tracts, and uh, the first prayer meeting was attended by only six people. Six people. So wherever you are listening to this, don't, don't worry about numbers. It's not about the numbers. Um, they started with six people. Soon, prayer meetings were held every hour of the day and night in New York City. Oh, my goodness. Not only were the churches used, but theaters and other public places uh, were 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 gathering places for the throngs of people that came. And most of them, most of these occurred at noon. Uh, Horace Greeley was a newspaperman back in those days, and he sent a horse-drawn buggy around the city of New York to see how many prayer meetings he could count in one hour. They could only visit twelve in an hour in a horse drawn buggy. But in those twelve, they counted 6,100 people bowing their hearts to God in prayer. Wow. Then it says the landslide of prayer began. Within months, tens of thousands of New Yorkers were praying around the clock seven days a week. The the fire spread from New York to Philadelphia and other cities and then swept over the entire country. And I've read other accounts where in the city of Denver, they would close down the the, the businesses for the noon hour prayer meeting so that people could get together and pray and it wouldn't affect business. Uh, D.L. Moody was saved in this movement. The whole emphasis of this revival, and this is notable, the the emphasis of this revival was on prayer. And our whole nation was shaken by the power of God as perhaps it had never been before. Ministers attempted to preach, but they wisely withdrew and let the masses pray.
1: Wow. Every
0: revival seems to have its own emphasis. Hmm. You can't repeat it. There probably will never be another one like this. Right, right. But just like you said, no matter how people choose to gather or what format they choose, the results are always the same. That's right. And that is harvest. That's right. People get saved, and that's really what we're all after. Here's some of the results of of people uh, people's prayers every community in the United States was Im- impacted the character of our nation was totally changed. jails prisons, and theaters were closed by the thousands. do you realize what a fight there would be if we tried to close down jails and theaters <laughs> by right. legislation right <laughs> right it, w- it wouldn't happen but they were closed because people didn't want to, people weren't 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 using uh, many of the converted uh many of these theaters jails whatever uh were converted into churches wow major newspapers carried the news of the revival on the front page other newspapers carried only the news of the revival wow. from cover to cover
1: that is amazing wow
0: <laughs> it ins- it restored integrity to government and business in in America once again, mm. there was a renewed obedience to the social wow. commandments. in other words, they just started helping yeah. the poor in the and the downcast amazing. one of the uh, One of the interesting stories here is about our navy ships. Uh, the sphere of God consciousness extended out beyond the shores of the United States. Navy ships, as they drew near American ports, came within a definite zone of heavenly influence. Mm. Ship after ship arrived with the same account, not knowing what had happened in other ships. They had sudden conviction and conversion wow. on the sailors. On the now, these are not real God-fearing people normally. <laughs> in one ship, a captain and the entire crew of 30 men, Found Christ at sea and sailed into the harbor rejoicing. Revival broke out on the battleship the North Carolina through four Christian men. There's that small number again. Yes, yes. Four men who, who had been meeting in the bowels of the ship for prayer. One evening, they were filled with the Spirit, and they burst into song. Ungodly shipmates came down to mock, and they were gripped by the power of God. And the laugh of the scornful was soon changed into the cry of the penitent. Oh, my, my, my. Many were smitten Mm -hmm. down, and a gracious work uh, broke out and continued night after night until they had to send ashore for ministers to help. And the battleship became a Bethel where people met God. Oh, my God.
1: Isn't that awesome? Wow. Greg, there was one revival that you talked about in church that involved colleges that had gotten totally secular. Um, and I don't know whether you've got that handy where you could talk about that a minute or not. But it was interesting because like Harvard, which was, ra- was raised up by Jonathan Edwards, yeah. had gotten totally, completely Oh, away from that,
0: there was um, in Harvard. Princeton at was that another time, one. There was, there was. Harvard was a Christian, a supposedly Christian school. There was one Christian at Harvard. Oh my goodness! And there was two in Princeton.
1: Well, I don't think there are any now. Yeah,
0: well, that could
1: be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure there are.
0: <laughs> but they, uh, and then one of the demonstrations. You know, we get bothered by our college students demonstrating today. But one of the demonstrations they had, and this was, I believe, this was in the set, the, the the 1700s. Right. Maybe it was that 1800. Revival right there at the turn of the right, century. Yeah. but one of the demonstrations they had was they burned a Bible.
1: Isn't that amazing? And one of the
0: professors at one of these higher institutions, who was a Christian man, he'd studied it and he said it. It appears that Christianity's lost forever.
1: Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but we know it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I tell you, it's amazing. I tell you, the one that that always amazed me because of the simplicity of it was the Cane Ridge yeah. revival because it it you know there were they were just humble people gathered out in the middle of nowhere Kentucky yeah in Kentucky which like you said was the wild west back in those back days back in those days and god moved so profoundly on them oh,
0: they uh they um there was three men. One of them was Isaac Bacchus. He was the first one to write, and we covered it a little bit last night, but he wrote a, a pamphlet on a plea. It, it was titled, A Plea for Revival of Religion. Wow. And I, I'm sure there are theologians that would have a problem with the cover, with, with, with just the title. Yeah, yeah. But it was simple, and he asked, uh, he asked churches. He sent it to all denominations mm. and said please open your churches wow. the first monday of each month for prayer for revival mm. and they ask them to make and i i'm i'm just i'm fascinated with the wording that they use but they asked the, the people to make extraordinary prayer for revival <laughs> and that's about all the that's instruction all they had. Wow. And uh and then a guy named Magriddy, he was a I believe he was a Presbyterian pastor. He took it a step further and he said, "Well, we're going to open our church not only the first Monday of the month, but then we're going to open it on uh Saturday evenings at dusk for an hour and Sunday mornings at dawn for an hour." So they just added on a couple more hours a week. And in a matter of months, uh, they had a communion service, which was pre-planned, a four-day communion service in the country, at a country church. And uh, at that time, Lexington, Kentucky was the largest city in Kentucky, and it was 1,000 people. They had this communion service, and wagons and people and frontiersmen came from every direction. Oh, my goodness. 10,000 people show up. Wow. For a communion, for a four-day communion service. My goodness. So another pastor... Was there, and he was greatly impacted, and then he was from Cane Ridge, Mm -hmm. which is a famous uh, revival. But he decided, I'm going to do the same thing, and so he called a communion service in Cane Ridge, and uh, and there was 25,000 yeah, people yeah. that showed up. I mean, them.
1: they had preachers just standing around everywhere preaching. <laughs> you know, they just would gather a group of them up and preach. Well,
0: no sound system. No sound
1: system. You got 25,000 yeah. people. Yeah.
0: So and, and the preachers weren't prepared yeah. for, for that kind of crowd. Yeah. So they just enlisted them all. Isn't said, that amazing? And they said, you just go take that area, stand yeah. on that stump. Isn't that something? And preach as far wow. as you can.
1: And it all started just because a few people decided to pray. Now, here's the thing, and this is one of the things that Greg's been emphasizing with our church this week. If God did it once, he'll do it again. It doesn't take more. It doesn't take something spectacular. Mm. It just takes the same simple desire to pray and to cry out for God to bring revival, Mm. and God can do it.
0: Amen. It's not something that we don't have. That's God, right. God is never going to require something from us yes. that we don't have yes. or we can't do. Wow. So when you begin to feel like, well, mm-hmm. this is beyond my reach. This is beyond my ability. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm stuck. It, it's a lie. Yes, God, that's true. God is a very fair God, and wow. He knows what we are capable yes. of, and He will meet us where we and are. And respond
1: to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow, my goodness. It's been so good having you with us. Thank you for sharing with us the last few podcasts. Oh,
0: what a pleasure. Amen. I am so excited to be able to get this word out to Amen. all your podcast Amen. listeners.
1: Amen. Yes, glad, glad to have you, and uh, thanks for listening in, and we look forward to our next time together. God bless you.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. The Leadership Podcast is part of Word of Life Ministries in Shreveport, Louisiana. You can connect with Pastor Carr or Word of Life Ministries on our Facebook, Twitter, or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.